We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for Blue Wire. Joining me tonight, just like he is every other night, my bestie, my co-host, the former NFL defensive back, the guy who knows everything, just about every aspect of football, Eric Crocker. What was that little jingle, bro? That was like perfectly timed right when I said striking gold. <laughs> that was my little uh, trap phone. If I have two phones in one, I always forget to put that so on. So you, got a, you got a burner account on Twitter and a trap phone. Yeah. Dude, yeah you I got it. Yeah, I got one. You got it down, man. Hey, and, but and my burner account, yeah. So, so, so my burner account is not like a burner to like act like I'm somebody I'm not. I guess it's really more so just to like engage more and respond more to like 49er things without coming off as like super fan, even though I am. But I try not to like flood timelines with you know a bunch of responses and stuff like that. So. Um, just because I do have like a lot of, I guess, professional people following me. So that's true. I try to, you know, I try to keep it to where I'm not like super fan, even though I am. So I have the other account where I'll, you know, I'll just respond to stuff on there sometimes. You're so, you're just so important, dude. 
Like, you're just an important guy. <laughs> Shut up, man. I know. I know. I can't even say shit like that without laughing. Like, I'm just trying to be a sarcastic ass, and it just, I can't even get it done. I can't even get it done. So, anyways, um, for you guys listening, and in case anybody didn't know, those of you that are on the locker room app right now, um, we take what we do in the locker room. And I'm sure you, if you're a listener of Strike, the Strike and Gold podcast, you've already found that out by now. But we take what we do in the locker room and we put it on the podcast. And it works really well. It's cool that our, our listeners get to chime in whenever they want. Um, I will say this. Those of you that have been asking me about an Android locker room app. One, I'm not even going to say it. Never mind. I've pissed too many people off. Um, it's coming soon. That's all I can say. Okay, that's all I'm allowed to say. It's coming soon. So if you have been frustrated by the fact that you've not been able to join us in the locker room uh, because you don't have an iPhone, then uh, your your time is coming. Your time is coming. All right. So I just wanted to put that out there. No date, no nothing, just coming soon. Um, so anyways, I figured we would talk a little bit of free agency. I mean, free agency is is right around the corner. I think it's next week, right? Is, is that when it, is yeah, that when the- it all goes down? I think officially the 17th, I think, or 15th, 15th. Yeah, that's what I thought it was 15th, but there's that. So the league year is 15th. And then you have those couple of days where like the legal tampering period, which sounds so funny, you know, where you're, you know, even if you're technically employed by another team, you can start discussing deals with, you know, teams that want to sign you. And then, you know, you go from there. So we're, we're, yeah, official tampering is the 15th. Thanks, Malik. Yeah. So it's so Monday, you know, and then Wednesday which, uh, deals can become official, right? And we all know how this stuff works. Like you're going to start hearing about deals on the fifteenth. You know, so and so is expected to sign with this. Hey, remember that year when they told uh, um, Woj that he couldn't uh, tip picks? So every pick was like, "I'm hearing that this team is about to select this player." Or you know what I mean? Like he, yeah, that I'm, was recent, I'm hearing, right? like a couple years ago. Yeah, a couple years ago. I'm hearing that Golden State is targeting, like, and he did it for every single pick, but didn't word it in a way. <laughs> I mean, that's like ultimate petty right there. But <laughs> that's the type of thing we're going to be seeing. You know, we'll, it, it begins on the 17th, but we're going to hear about a lot of stuff before then. And um, I think by that time too, teams will have a good idea of what what the offers are over those course of days. What what the offers are at the what the offers are out there, namely, you know, the 49ers biggest free agent. And frankly might be, do you think anybody out there is going to get paid more than Trent Williams? A free agent? That's actually a good question. Um, No, no, I don't think so. I don't think think so. so I mean, I was thinking maybe like somebody like William Jackson might get paid a good amount, but it ain't going to be over 20 million. Right. That's what I mean. And there's some good offensive linemen. I mean, not named necessarily a tackle, some good interior offensive linemen. But I really think that, that Trent Williams probably gonna is gonna command the market. And for those of you that didn't know, uh what was did you what was he on recently with Richard Sherman? Where he was talking yeah, so he was, yeah, him and uh well Chris Collinsworth podcast with Sherman. That's right. And Sh- you know, Sherman's like a co host. Oh, okay. Okay. So he was you know, and basically Richard Sherman was saying, and Sherman obviously harbors no ill will towards the 49ers and how everything unfolded. Like, 
He he's a businessman. He knows how it all kind of went down. He already knows that he's moving on. And he was saying that the 49ers need to keep Trent Williams and they need to pay him whatever they need to pay him. And Trent Williams essentially said, like, hey, I think you guys are barking up the right tree. Because I think he probably knows that he's and it, this obviously could not happen. It, it could still change. But I think he probably knows by now whether or not he's staying with the 49ers in a way. I think that whatever the free agent market may dictate what the 49ers give him, or maybe they've already worked it out. I don't know. Um, but I think that he kind of knows that he, he's staying with the 49ers. I think he knows the 49ers want to keep him. The 49ers know he wants to stay there. They know that they're going to have to meet somewhere in the middle as far as price, what he wants, what he's willing to take, what the 49ers are willing to give. I just, I think everybody, both sides kind of assume it's going to get worked out. Do you go, do you get that impression? Yeah, that, that that's what it, I think it's kind of like Kittle thing last year where it was something where it was like, man, like everybody was kind of like going crazy over it. And I think the whole time they felt like they were going to get it done. Obviously it's a different situation because Williams is actually hidden free agency, but it, it just seems like they're going to do everything in their power to make it happen. And as of right now, I mean, the way the cap is looking, 49ers definitely have the space to do it. So I think it is just something of, you know, him wanting to know, you know, what his worth is. You know, you and I have talked about it on the podcast a few times already, whereas like, you know, he wants to see how much is an elite left tackle worth on the market. And, you know, once he finds that out and takes that back to the 49ers, I'm hoping they can do something to make it work. And I, I guess I would guess that he he's going to be their main priority. And and I, and I think that's reasonable because there's also the the 49ers have to know that if they don't re-sign Trent Williams, they are scrambling and they are either looking for a free agent worth paying at that spot, which I'm not sure there are, and or or they're like hamstring in a drafting one at 12. So it, it does I mean obviously they would save a, a large chunk of money, but it doesn't really benefit the 49ers to play hardball, to mess around, to, you know, obviously they want to get the best deal they can, but they have to know that that re-signing Trent Williams is like a priority, especially, especially if they're even looking at quarterbacks in this year's draft, because the worst thing you could do for a rookie quarterback who you plan, you know, maybe they don't even planning on, plan on playing him this year, uh, but you never know is not have any kind of an offensive line that he can do anything behind. So uh, they, the 49ers can, can – they can talk to 40, Trent Williams about a contract right now. They could sign him right now and just be called an extension because he's still under contract. So they can talk with him all they want. He's the, the 49ers are the one team Trent Williams can talk to right now. Uh, next week, that becomes whoever. That becomes 31 other teams. So – and I really – I mean, if you're looking for my opinion – I don't like uh, there's the 49ers can't go wrong with signing Trent Williams. He came back in his first year in how long and was immediately one of, if not the best left tackle in the NFL. And he also is fucking crazy in the run game. So like, what do you want? What do you, what do you like? What else would you want? You know what I mean? Like if he wants to be here. It's, it's all good. It's all good. Like it should be good for everybody. So, We'll see. We'll see. Now, to before we move on to any sort of another topic, and this this might be another topic, but Samuel has had a speaker request in for quite some time, so let's uh, let's hear what Sam has to say. Let's let's get Sam in here. 
Sam, what you got, my brother? Hello? Hello? Yeah, I got you. Oh, there you go, man. Okay. Hey, <laughs> uh, man, long-time listener, first-time caller. Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We talk yeah. I've listened to y'all like every day at work. It's one of my favorite podcasts out here. I appreciate that, man. That means a lot. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. just going off y'all's intro, I feel like you're going to kind of crap on my scenario I'm about to present, but it's one I've been kind of <laughs> adding back and forth with my friends to kind of just contextualize you know what big contracts can do to our roster. I like to kind of you know go over every stone before free agency kicks off. So the question I had for you guys is, assuming in this hypothetical we re-sign Jason Verrett and the front office commits to Jimmy to be our starter in 2021, and a bidding war breaks out for Trent Williams. You know, the Colts have a lot of cap space, a winning team. They may throw the bag at him. Would you rather, A, sign Trent Williams for 23 mil a year and draft your best available corner in round one, or B, sign Corey Lindsley at center for 13 mil, bring back Kawan for 10 mil, and then draft your replacement left tackle in the first. Damn, man, you have it all figured out. Like those are two in-depth scenarios. Which uh, so, which one would I rather do? But so I, the Trent Williams situation does that only involve Jason Barrett? No, 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 no. The Jason Barrett and Jimmy. That that's regardless. Knowing okay. the facts, you know, would you rather have Kwan and Corey Lindsley or just Trent Williams? What do you think? I, I'd rather have Trent Williams and and draft a cornerback. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I think I, would too. I think I would too. Yeah. Well, Kawan Williams, with as good as he is, and I think he's a, a terribly underrated nickel cornerback. I'd still put more priority on outside guys, and the 49ers are so thin there. And fortunately for them, like this is a really good cornerback class. Where I wouldn't even just draft one corner. I mean, I. I put out there on Twitter, I draft three corners. Not saying I draft them like first round, second round, third round, and whatnot, but I definitely make it a priority to load up on cornerbacks in this class. So um, this is, you know, if you're a cornerback needy team, this is definitely a good class to be able to take some swings in, especially if you're able to take one of the top four ones that I, I think that are, you know, they'll, they'll all fit, you know, with the 49ers to some capacity. So um, I definitely, Trent Williams, I mean, he's just so good in every aspect of the game for the 49ers and you need somebody like him protecting your quarterback. And then to have a corner that impacts the game so many different ways, you know, that you're picking high. I would, I would personally go that route. Right. Sean, you got, or sorry, it's not Sean. Sam, you got anything else, bud? No, man. No, I really appreciate it guys. Uh, I'll hop off here and let someone else get their questions in. Okay. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for, thanks for listening. Thanks for jumping on, dude. Oh yeah. I'll catch you guys next time. All right, brother. So you mentioned something there, Crocker, that I thought was interesting. And I, I mean, I haven't really given any thought to it, but I really wouldn't be upset at all if the 49ers drafted a corner of the first two rounds. Like I'm not saying that there's not other needs and they couldn't actually find something else to do. But if you look at the 49ers corner spot, like, if they did draft two quarters, two consecutive picks, would anybody really be surprised? Sherman well, said it out the window. They might, they <laughs> may, they, the Sherman said it out the window. K1 said it out the window. Uh, 
Jason Verrett may not be back. I think the 49ers would like to keep him, and I think he'd like to stay, but he might not be back. Akella Witherspoon might not be back. Like, would it really be that wild if they were just like, we really got to stop messing around with corner and just get ourselves a couple of studs? You know what I mean? Well, like, and you do it on the cheap. I'm, I'm not a fan, and I was kind of alluding to this before we really started recording, but the way I'm looking at, like, free agency is just – Unless you really need like this guy, you're paying, you're paying like way more than what the player is worth. Like anytime right. you sign a free agent, so it's like, man, like if you can figure out a way to get around that, and I, especially with cornerback, like I, I think I, I pay more maybe for like a, a defensive end or something. But when you talk about free agent corners, like everybody loves corners that can cover. So if there's a guy that hits free agency, there's something wrong there. And there's a reason why maybe the team that he was on did not want to pay this guy. What do you, you know what what's your what's your skill set opinion of, of Patrick Peterson at this point in his career? I, I think he's one of the few guys who I would pay, but I, I it just couldn't be as much. I think he's still a solid cornerback, but clearly not, you know, top right. three in the league. But you know, I think he's still a solid starting cornerback. You know, but and I he still does a good job of challenging receivers and whatnot. But even then, like you're still gonna overpay for what he's worth. So why not get, you know, say like you said, draft a guy in the first round, draft a guy in the second round. Why not do that and get way more value and potential and upside? And guys are just young and youthful and have them on rookie contracts for the next four years and one guy for five years with a fifth year option instead of forking out way more to somebody who cornerbacks are going to get beat kind of regardless. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's I, think, thing uh, I think Trent, Trent Balky just jumped in the room and he like hella agrees with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Trent Balky would agree with me. I, I, but unlike Balky, I wouldn't just draft Thad Lewis. I mean, sign Th- Thad Lewis. That, I still can't believe he did that. <laughs> or or, 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 or draft the guy that just tore his ACL. A torn ACL. Yeah, no, but he literally went an entire offseason and signed one player, Thad Lewis, that wasn't even a, a, a starting quarterback, <laughs> and tore his ACL in training camp. I was like, thinking was Dan put in there, A.J. Bouye. I was thinking I was thinking about him on the way home. I mean, I know he's kind of regressed as far as I, what everybody thought he was, yeah. but. It's like I see him. Okay, A.J. Bouye, like, I, in theory, I would not mind having him. But I just look at it like, you're still overpaying. You're overpaying. And it's their job to identify what guys in this draft can contribute. And I will say this about 49ers, and I see a lot of what people say about 49ers Twitter. Um, uh, I mean, I see a lot of what 49ers Twitter say about them drafting. They do find guys that can contribute, that can play, like that can start games for you. Not saying that there is just the best player ever, but they've done a good job of getting guys that contribute consistently. So the way I look at it, find you some cornerbacks that can play, especially if you spend the first round pick on one of these guys, I feel like they're they're legit guys that can definitely start. And then find you a mid-round guy who, hey, he can play. And roll with those guys, man. Like, like instead of paying AJ Bouye all this money just to get beat, or you know what I'm saying? Like, why did why did he get cut in the first place? From where he was well, just at. And, you know I mean? and there's also the point, the fact that they might. So if you're if you're looking at a scenario where they resign Trent Williams, they're only going to be able to sign. I mean, I'm not saying they're not going to be able to sign a few more free agents, but if you're talking about kind of one of the guys that are 
on the bigger side of free agency, they're only going to be able to sign maybe one of those guys. Maybe. I don't even know if, no, know if they're going to have enough room for that. And you still got to realize that, you know, they're, they want to keep Fred Warner. I think they want to keep Fred Warner. They're, I'm assuming they do. So I, I, we're talking about guys that they might not even be able to re-sign. But obviously you still want to talk about them because that situation could roll around. But we yeah, don't even um, know if they're going to have the money to, to even take a stab at any of these guys. Yeah, so my, my guy, Ben Mitchie, he, he has said that, you know, as far as the free agency route, it did work out for Sherman. I think that situation was just a little different because they were able to put, like, um, all those different, um, what do they call it, that they put in incentives. His, his contract was heavily incentive-based. So it could have been, like, a five years, I mean, a $5 million, like, you know, for a year. Or it could have been like thirteen million, you know, depending on if he hit his incentives and whatnot. So I think they would the way they structured it, it was okay to take a flyer on Sherman in that way. And he was coming off of a tour in the ACL, so it was a little bit different, you know, as far as being able to get him on a cheaper price tag. Is that so, is um, that BMSG from the old forty nine three sixty five podcast? Dude, you know that was literally that's the first Let's podcast. Go. That's the first forty nine er podcast I ever listened to. Swear to God. Fresh hey, I, I, dude, it might be mine too. I'm serious, yeah. dude. I used to listen to them all the time. I used to send them questions over Twitter. I went and chilled with them in like the first open practice at Levi's Stadium. I went and because I, I hit them up on Twitter and I was like, where are you guys at? And I went and sat with them. And I remember talking about like how we thought Blake Bell. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I was like going to be something. <laughs> something. <laughs> it was ridiculous. But I did like Blake yeah. Bell. I liked the way he played. And, and you know, he went on to do other things. But, you know, the Belldozer, man, I mean, that's Blake cool Bell's still in the league, though. He's still in the league. Yeah, he is. He is. He's, he's outlasted the average NFL career. So I mean I guess I guess he did be something, but yeah, dude, that well, it's good to have you in here, Brandon. I appreciate that, man. I, I have I have always been a fan, and I will always be a fan because I do. Hey, Crocker, I legitimately think that was also the first Forty ers podcast I listened to. Yep, I, 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 I want to say it was. I want to say it was. Okay. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Striking Gold is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Is what the 49ers going to do with the third overall pick stressing you out? Or maybe it's something a little more personal. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed 
professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com slash gold. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for Striking Gold listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash gold. That's betterhelp.com slash G-O-L-D. All right. Now want to get another speaker? No, he, he was the... Uh, well, he was the... Uh, uh, with like the pioneer, like he was the he was the trailblazer. You know what I'm saying? Like he he him and his his co-host, like they they kind of set the tone for 49ers 49ers uh, podcast because that was the first one. And then I think eventually I got onto like locked on 49ers. You know, listening to that, and then uh, you know obviously now there's a bunch of them out there. But uh, yeah, he was he was one of the first for sure. Yeah, that's cool as hell, man. All right, so Thomas, Thomas is we we've, we've got a few speaker requests in here. Just know that if you put in a speaker request. We're not going to ignore it. We will get to it. Obviously, we want to kind of keep the podcast flowing with, you know, with talking and stuff. So if you do put in a speaker request, don't get discouraged. We will get there. We're just kind of letting everything flow. But all right, Thomas, it's your moment. I see you with that Deshaun Watson picture. What you got, buddy? Hey, what's up, guys? So I had one thought. That's why I requested to speak. But, Rob, you mentioned that Witherspoon's on his way out. I don't know about you guys, but and I think I'm in the minority, but. I like Witherspoon as a CB too, and I would be okay if the Niners brought him back. But uh, me too, me too. I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't say he was on his way out in like a derogatory sense. I just, I mean, well, I, I just, you never know. I know, like, I know the fan base does not like him, but so I know that it would probably be unpopular to say here's a starting spot to Witherspoon, and I'd be cool if they brought in competition. But I think Witherspoon des- deserves a shot, but uh. On the topic of the offensive line, even if they bring back Trent, I don't think they can run back the same offensive line like and expect to have results, especially if Jimmy's coming back because he's not mobile enough to survive. And they need to go like big on a center or a guard or get someone because Jimmy's going to get injured again. He's just I mean, not capable of – Right behind our line, right, and 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 I and I agree with that. I agree with that. I think that I know I'm not sure if the 49ers love having Brunskill at right guard. Obviously, center is a problem. Um, I, I mean, 
Alex Mack is kind of a foregone foreclusion, conclu- for, foregone conclusion for me. I, I feel like, you know, Kyle Shanahan loved him in Atlanta. And, you know, he's on the tail end of his career. So I don't miss – I mean, he's, he's older, but he's still playing ball. I mean, he played 86% of the snaps this season. I, I could see him, you know, getting him on like a little two-year deal for a reasonable price. And just knowing you got a guy – because a lot of people underrate how much mental responsibility comes with the center you know, and how much they're responsible for at the line and stuff like that. So I could see Shanahan picking him up. And, you know, obviously you get a little better there at center. I don't know what they're going to do at right guard. But I do kind of agree with you. I feel like they should at least kind of kind of try to get a little bit better there. I'm not sure if, if Brunskill is – I mean, he's, he's had his games. He had good games. But I'm not sure if that's, if that's the answer. And even Mike McGlinchey, like, you know, obviously don't want to move off of that yet, but damn, you know, there's I, been. I I agree, Mac. I like Mac. I mean, Garland's like a defensive tackle, anyways. So like anybody's going to be better than uh, Garland playing center. <laughs> uh, I just think they need. They actually need like someone elite, like in the center, because Lakin's good. Like I like Tomlinson. He's good, but he's not really like anything special. And so that's like. Your entire interior offensive line is just nothing. No one you'd write home about. And with a non-mobile QB, I feel like we're just asking to asking to lose. It's true. I, I don't even think it's so much about the the quarterbacks not being like mobile. It's just their feel for the pocket and like sliding left, sliding right, and doing it consistently. Like I, I've seen Jimmy do it at times, but it just seems like more. I don't even want to say more times than not, but. There's a lot of times where he just kind of stands there, and I don't know why he just does that. But I think that's the bigger issue. You know, there was a sack, Nick Mullins. Um, Nick Mullins got strip sacked by Demarcus Lawrence, right? And everybody mm-hmm. really gave McGlinchey a hard time for that. But it was like, Mullins, if you just step up in the pocket, just slide up and then make a throw, you, there's never the sack there. There's never the strip sack. So I think even just the the pocket movement, like the feel for the pressure, like that could be better. Like just being able to have that feel, keep their eyes upfield and make a throw. Like I see Jimmy Garoppolo do some crazy stuff and just start throwing balls away in the dirt. And again, I'm not getting on Jimmy. I'm just saying like, in a sense for like their feel in the pocket, especially if it's not, they're, they're rhythm throwers. That And that's the thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a timing and rhythm thrower. So if he's not able to throw on rhythm, he starts doing kind of just like weird stuff. It's like his like computer starts malfunctioning. You know, so, you know, when we look at uh, Mullins, same thing. So I think that's the bigger issue, even more so than the quarterbacks not being super mobile. It's their fill in the pocket that's a little, little. Uh, All right, Thomas, you uh, you got uh, anything else, man? No, all right. That's a great answer, though, Croc. Thanks. All right. Appreciate you guys. All right. So, yeah, I do think the 49ers, I do think an interior offensive lineman, you know, namely a center, I think the 49ers are going to give Weston Richburg the boot. Obviously, he struggled with injury. He's a great player. He's very good, but he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. And I feel like they're going to move on from him and try and just take the sum of the money that they save with his contract and, and move it to another center. And and I, I guess I'm just assuming it's Alex Mack for now. It, it very well could not be. He might He might be priced out. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, he's 36 years old, though, so he's really probably playing one or two more years. And and but I mean, he hasn't necessarily struggled to uh, to stay on the field as much as I know of. So um, that's just an interesting option. But they do need to kind of make sure they take a look at the offensive line. But one thing that can be said is 
if they do roll it back with the same offensive line and you assume they're adding a center, just spending time in that spot together can do a lot. Like an offensive line that was, let's say, you know, a bottom two thirds offensive line. If you keep everybody the same and run it back the next season and they get another year to do their thing together, like this was Trent Williams first time playing next to Lake and Tomlinson. And there were times when you could tell that one person got the assignment wrong, probably Trent, given he's a little newer to the offense, but Next year, stuff like that stops happening, and the assignment football gets better, and they just get more cohesion together. So I do feel like I feel like keeping the same lineup is just as important as upgrading in some ways. Now, that doesn't mean you just never get better. You can get upgrade to better players. But trying to maintain that cohesion and consistency moving forward is, a, is, is, a, is an essential element in and of itself. So the – the less moving around they can do while still getting better, you know, you know, y'all know what I'm trying to say. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah. somebody mentioned in the chat. Did you see that apparently the Colts called about Mike McGlinchey? Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. It's weird, huh? Um, I mean, my my initial thoughts right away was you, you just don't trade him. Because then now you're you're just creating more holes. Even though it's like, oh, it, you know, in in theory, it's like, okay, well, we'll get a draft pick for him. And obviously, you know, he's he's very inconsistent as a pass protector, but he is an elite run blocker. So at least he does that extremely well. And then he's a serviceable pass blocker. He just sometimes gets bullied. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's not it's not ideal, but he is a starting right tackle in the NFL. You know, he's a starting tackle. So just from that standpoint, I, I just think there's too much value there to trade him and then have to replace him. You know, me personally, right. I, I I'd keep him now. His fifth-year option, they have to make a decision on that. And I think I saw that they have up until, like, May 3rd to, uh, you know, if they want to grant that. I I don't know if I would do that. But I would keep him for at least this year. I don't want to create more holes than there already are on this roster. I keep him for this year. And, hey, if he wants to walk in free agency next year, let him walk. And then I'll address right tackle then. But I think right now – with all the, you know, the cornerback needs, the center needs, the right guard needs, and I don't want to create another need at right tackle. Right, especially when you're talking about the fact that he'd probably be trading him for draft picks, and draft picks are no sure thing. And one of the things I talked about, or I got replies on Twitter when I said, I said something like, if you're not going to pay Trent Williams, who's an elite tackle and might be the best in the league still, then who are you going to pay? And what somebody put, let Trent Williams walk and then draft his replacement at 12. And I'm like, that's great, but that's like saying let's draft Mike McGlinchey to replace Trent Williams because the last time they selected an offensive lineman that high, a few picks earlier, it was Mike McGlinchey. And I'm, and that's not saying that the offensive line they get this year couldn't be better, but people always want to just – draft picks are not even close to sure things. The odds are better that you're going to miss on a draft pick than hit on it. So, you know, I, I think people just kind of get a little too ahead of themselves sometimes in assuming that a draft pick is just going to replace a, a, a veteran player, let alone an elite one. Like, one, you're talking about a top three right. easy off, like, tackle. Like, elite, as good as it gets. You know, so, I, I mean, yes, the 49ers are going to have to fork over a lot of money to pay Trent Williams. But those are the players you pay. You pay quarterbacks, you pay guys that protect quarterbacks, and you pay guys that rush the quarterback and then yeah. make everything else work, you know? 
Um, let's get a uh, let's get a speaker request in here. Let's get Orion. I hope you're ready to rock, man, because you are on the stage. Awesome. You can hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Here you okay. Go. Cool. Awesome. Uh, long time, first time, guys. Let's go. <laughs> nice. I'm always gonna be excited when somebody <laughs> says that. Yeah, y'all, y'all and I think uh, uh, Brian Peacock are like the main 49ers uh, podcast I listen to. Shout out to Brian, man. I love uh, Brian. Uh, yeah. So my my question is, since we're like talking about centers and QBs, it seems like um, with G- obviously Jimmy tying up all this money um, that we can't really enhance the center position without uh, cutting or trading Jimmy. So would you would rather keep Jimmy with the current lineup or cut slash trade him and and, uh, you know, run with uh, what's it called? Like a, a, a drafted QB or a free agent QB with an upgraded center. Uh, I believe like the chiefs are releasing their center. Like he would be a good grab over Alex Mack. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, the only thing that go ahead, Krog, you go first, brother. Well, no, I was just going to say like what Kyle is like, he keeps trying to play like, you know, piece together the center position. I think at some point it's like, you know what, let me draft the center. And that's not a position that you have to draft first round, second round. Like you can find the center and, you know, like mid round and get somebody who like you can develop, you know, and obviously like that's a position that like there's a lot put on the center, but have somebody who you can develop. He's young, he's healthy, and you don't have to deal with old age, you know, a guy that can't really move or gets injured and all that. Like get a guy who you can develop and just develop your center and and stop trying to, you know, piece together that position because that's what they've been doing. And then moving guys that aren't centers, Garland and all these other guys. And uh, Garland might not be that. I don't know if he's that bad or, you know what I'm saying? But anyways, draft and develop a center. And maybe you can have a guy like Garland start the year at center while you have this third or fourth round pick developing at that position. And then eventually that's the long-term guy. I'm not all for the whole, like, piecing everything together like oh well if we can get this guy for this year then this guy like yeah like sometimes it calls for that like like they did with like emmanuel sanders but ultimately like you want to build some of these positions through the draft so that you don't have to spend all this money and you don't have to get rid of jimmy garoppolo to you know sign a center out in free agency so that that's just kind of my perspective on that well, the, and the thing with the thing with garoppolo being one of the pieces of that scenario that you presented there O'Brien is like, O'Brien, I said O'Brien, that's funny, Um, is the only way they're going to move off Jimmy is if they've got an option on deck, you know, whether that's a rookie quarterback, but they're not, I I could not see them moving off Jimmy before they know they've got that other piece because then you're just playing with fire and you're also showing your hand. You know, if they move off of Jimmy, let's say before the draft and they were planning on drafting a quarterback – Everybody knows they're planning on drafting a quarterback, and that will really influence trade-ups. It really influences what teams do around you on the draft board because if another team that wants a quarterback is convinced that you are going to draft a quarterback, then the first thing they're going to try and do is call the team that's one or two spots in front of you and try to get one in front of you. So the 49ers don't want to tip their hand, and I feel like if they released Jimmy to save them money so that they could uh, sign a center – it, it does help them do that, but at the same time, now you have no real quarterback and everybody knows what you're trying to do in the draft. And that's just a rough situation to get into. So it's kind of tough. Like, 
you could cut you could cutting Jimmy could be part of that scenario or trading him. But if you tried to do it after the draft, free agency is basic. I mean, obviously you can still sign players, but the the good part of free agency is over, and the center that you wanted to sign is probably not there. You know what I mean? So it's there's just a, a balance there that if they do want to move off of Jimmy, it's going to be tough to do before they get that guy that that they're looking for. Because you just you don't really want to assume he's just going to fall to you at twelve, or you don't want to assume that you're going to be able to get a trade to move up and get a guy. You know what I mean? There's a there's a lot of there's a lot of question marks that come into the picture if you just move off Jimmy without a replacement. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's not it's not to necessarily say I wouldn't do it. I don't. I honestly am not sure what I do, but it's it's just it puts them in a precarious spot. You got anything else, Orion? Nah, nah. Y'all are good. All right, man. I appreciate you jumping on here, dude. Yeah, thanks. Yep. So, interesting. Interesting. Hey, yeah. one person you mentioned in there, Crocker, that I want to make sure we talk about is, let's say I'm paying Trent Williams. I think the very next person I am calling is Emmanuel Sanders. I, I actually tweet that out. Like, that is somebody, you know, if you can get them for the low. And I'm, I, I think now more so than ever, I would not reach or to pay somebody big money in free agency at the receiver position because guys are coming in and able to contribute right away as as rookies. And where the 49ers are kind of sitting right now, they don't even need anybody to come in and be the man. It's like, dude, I got George Kittle. He's my number one target. I got Ayuk. I got Debo. You know, terrific, you know, little one-two punch right there at receiver position. I just need a solid three. So the 49ers right now is like, hey, like, you can draft a guy, and there's no rush for him to, you know, be the guy right now. But there also, you know, were a lot of injuries, and there were games where 49ers had to play with uh, Craycraft, you know, and try to throw him <laughs> passes. So you don't want to get in that type of situation. You also, you know, use draft picks on Jalen Hurd and Jawan Jennings. And I know Hurd, you know, obviously, like, the injuries, like, it sucks. But do you want to give up on him just yet? And I would assume that they'd give him at least through OTAs to try to figure out, like, if he is going to be healthy or what's going on with him. But I think, you know, if you can get Emmanuel Sanders in there, a guy who, you know, is probably not going to demand the money that he did, you know, in the offseason ago, he'd be, you know, he knows the offense. He's a steady vet. At the very least, he doesn't have to be the guy. He don't got to be the guy. But at least he knows his stuff. You know him. He's a good uh you know, person, you know, for all these young uh, receivers that the 49ers have. And you, at at the very least, it's like, hey, it's one year. Let's see what happens with Hurd. Okay, oh, we got to cut Hurd. Okay, let's see what happens with Jawan Jennings. Okay, maybe he's like, you know, he's ready to be like a fifth receiver. At least he's, you know, made the active roster and not practice squad. And then from there, you can move on from him. And now you have Jawan Jennings or somebody who steps up as that, you know, third receiver, fourth option. Um, but so I, I kind of like bringing Emmanuel Sanders back if they can do it for the low. I just know everybody ain't coming for the low, right? I mean, ideally for the 49ers, that would be a perfect world. But, uh, you know, you're going to have to pay some of these guys. I don't know what Sanders is going to demand on the open market. But if it isn't anything too crazy, that would that would be a signing that I'd be very intrigued with so you don't get caught in a situation like they did this year. Even, even with Ayuk out there, I mean – Debo playing was hit and miss. He missed a bunch of games, like, you know, and then it's like, well, who's playing alongside Ayuk? Oh, well, you have 
Kendrick Bourne. Oh, Kendrick Bourne's not here now, right? Like he's a free agent. So and George Kittle was hurt. And Kayla was hurt. So you don't want to get caught in that type of situation and not have somebody that you can at the very least count on. Right. And and, and I see that uh, Dan put in here, he said, this is crazy. If Kittle, Moss, Ayuk, and Debo are healthy, I'll play wide receiver three. And I get that. But the big part of that is if they're healthy. You know, Debo's shown that he could be an injury guy. One, that's because of the way he plays. He plays football like his hair is on fire, and I appreciate that. But at the same time, you know, he's got to stay healthy. You know, Kittle, he's had some injury issues. I'm nowhere near saying he's injury prone because that's crazy. But him and Debo are kind of like the same thing. They both play football like madmen, which is amazing. But at the same time, could that player get hurt a little more often? Than, and it seems like Travis Kelsey, you ever notice that he just seems like really good at avoiding really hard contact? Like he just the way he catches the ball and hits the ground, there's stuff like that that goes on that it's hard to quantify. But it seems like it goes a long way towards someone like Kelsey, who like misses no time, yet gets thrown the ball like 14 times a game. So, <laughs> right. you know, there's there's some balance in there. And, you know, even Raheem, he's a running back and he's got he, he's struggled with injury, you know. And, and so it's it's just about having a stable of guys that you can put out there. And Emmanuel Sanders already knows the system. I heard Debo Samuel talking about him today, basically like, dude, that guy was like a father to me. You know, like he taught me about life. He taught me about playing the position and stuff like that's kind of invaluable. Now, I'm not saying you throw a a huge chunk of cash at Emmanuel Sanders at all, Um, but I'm just saying he's a guy that I would like to bring back. And it almost feels like, hey, those draft picks we gave up for him a couple years ago, he's still in the building. Like, Like, you know what I mean? So... um, (laughs) Uh, uh, B. brought up Curtis Samuel, and I've, I don't know how much he's going to cost, but that guy's like tailor made for a Kyle Shanahan offense. I just don't know if, I, I just don't think they're going to be able to fit that in the scenario. I want to say uh, he's going to get paid quite a bit money, more money than Emmanuel Sanders, but I could be dead wrong. Uh, you know, what, I don't what know. What do you think about like John Brown? Like that's somebody, you know, the 49ers, and again, you know, we got to judge them on their, you know, based off their actions. And the Ashes have said that they've been looking for a deep threat. So last year, last offseason, they brought in Travis Benjamin, but he opted out. Next thing you know, they signed J.J. Nelson. They signed uh, Tavon Austin, um, two guys who ended up going on IR and, you know, not being able to play with them. But you see the direction that they were heading in. They were looking for somebody that is more of a field stretcher, uh, speed guy, so maybe they can let Ayuk and, you know, Debo just kind of do their thing. Maybe John Brown is somebody who – they would like to add. I like that to, a lot, to be honest. Yeah. You know, I you like know, that a lot. Just based on what they've been doing, you know, they, they, they've been adding that speed guy. So, um, again, I don't know what he would cost. You know, I, I'd assume it's not going to be anything too crazy, especially when you have receivers out there like, you know, Kenny Galladay. Uh, but, you know, John Brown, he definitely, like, could have a purpose in, in, in the offense, and it seems like that's something they've been looking for. I agree. I agree. And, and BMH, you mentioned this too. I do feel like, like – uh, Brandon Ayuk kind of uh, feels the B, same. B said that John Brown said he wants to go to the Steelers, so that might be out. Not sure why he said and that. And I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he said that either because, I mean, when you look at their group of guys, it's like they got they – got, uh, A Deontay lot of guys Johnson. just like him. Well, well, yeah, Deontay Johnson, he's a target hog. Like, he gets a lot of targets. Um, and then they have Washington, who they throw the ball downfield with, unless he's a free agent. But I'm no, not no, the, the free agent is Juju. Is Juju right? So you got Washington, who they throw the ball downfield to. You got Johnson, who is a target hawk, and then you have a guy they just drafted last year, 
um, and Chase Claypool, who they throw the ball downfield to. So, yeah, it wouldn't, I wouldn't think it makes a whole lot of sense, but I guess I've seen weirder things. And it's like Ben, Big, Big Ben, he struggles to throw the ball downfield right now. Like, that was one of the things they changed their offense to where they, it was more like everything was kind of underneath, which was really weird of them because they've, no, they've been known to like air it out. No, no, Croc. What is it? What is the correct term? Air that hoe out. There we go. <laughs> don't don't make me do that. You know what it is. Yeah. Um, um. Okay. Before I keep talking, because uh, obviously I could talk forever. Let's get our next speaker in here because we got a little line of, of, of four or five waiting. So Chris Jones, my friend. Hopefully we haven't moved too far off the topic you wanted to talk about, but let's hear you. Yo, can you guys hear me? We yeah. can. Yo, first time, long time, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so uh, I was listening to the Chris Sims podcast uh, yesterday, and they brought up Mitch Trubisky, Jameis Winston, and uh, I'd also throw in like Jacoby Brissett into this. But like, uh, would one of those guys as a low cost option coming in and backing up if we did keep Jimmy? Like, you guys think that'd be a good option for uh, any one of those guys? I like Trubisky. Um, you know, I, I know he gets a bad rap, but I mean, he has all the like physical tool set, like that I feel like could succeed in Kyle Shanahan's offense, especially with the mobility and the uh, throwing the ball downfield. I, I yeah, mean, honestly, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. Like this is just an alternate universe type of take. But in a world where Jimmy Garoppolo went away and Trubisky stepped in. I wouldn't be Trubisky. Wouldn't be surprised if Trubisky was better in Kyle Shanahan's offense than Jimmy Garoppolo was. And and, and I'm not saying, I'm not even saying that Trubisky is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm just saying that I, I just have this weird. And, and I'm not even saying that you should. They should sign Trubisky. I just have this weird like feeling in my head like that Trubisky would look good in Kyle Shanahan's offense. And I don't know why. Make correct. Correct me. Correct me here. Well, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like you know. I think for the same reasons why people you know would like to see Darnold in this offense. You know, I think people look at Trubisky and it's like crazy. You know, because the one year at North Carolina and everything, then he was taken number two overall. But he was taken number two overall for a reason. Like he does have all the tools. He just hasn't played well. Now, the one thing I don't want to give him a pass because unlike guys like Darnold, this dude has had weapons around him. You know, all these young receivers do, who are, like, legit, and it just hasn't worked out. So he has the, right. the ability. Like, he is mobile. He has a good arm. Like, he can do all that. But for whatever reason, it just hasn't panned out. And, you know, like I said, I, I can't really give him a pass. I would like to see him maybe in the backup role where, you know, they, he gets a chance to kind of clear his mind and reset and whatnot. And maybe that's something that would be good for him. But it's hard for me to be really optimistic because, like, dude, you've been playing with Allen Robinson and Miller and, right, you know, right. uh, who's the, yeah. the the new Moody? What, what's his name? Moody? Some the little Moody. Uh, Moody. I think it's Moody. Moody. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm so it's like, you know, he, he's had a lot of weapons and it still hasn't worked. So I, I can't I can't give him a pass. No, and I, I wouldn't either. But, no, I think those are all good options because, remember, we were talking about backups. I just had this weird feeling like, oh, Trubisky would come here and be good. But I was the same way about Darnold. I'm like, no, this guy sucked. Don't bring – you know, but but if we're talking <laughs> backups, I think if you could get Trubisky, if you could get Winston, if you could get Brissett, anybody who's just had a little bit of starting experience in the league recently, I think is a good option because – 
you, and, and, you know, the better, obviously the better quarterback you can get, the better. I mean, that's an obvious statement. But at the same time, like, if you are planning on keeping Jimmy, you sure as hell better have dressed that backup position, which is a problem in and of itself. If you well, have there, to think about addressing the backup position, that probably means that the guy you've got starting is probably shouldn't be there. Rosen is on the roster. Now, it's hard for me to kind of just say that and be confident about that because <laughs> – you know, they, they came out and said, well, we got to get better at the backup position. I'm like, damn, you did have Rosen last year, you know, late. So maybe they just didn't like what they saw. But he is on the roster, and he is somebody who, you know, he's another guy. Like, guys aren't taking number 10 overall for no reason. Now, you know, he's not, like, you know, mobile like a Trubisky or a Darnold or anything like that. But he has good tools, like, from a passing, you know, perspective and stuff. It just – it's been really weird. He, I feel like out of everybody, like the hand that he's been dealt, it, it's been really tough. I mean, he, he was on a crappy Cardinals team, which was like the worst team in the league, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden they fire everybody that brought him in. You know, he comes in with a, a coach who's like, nah, I'm dead set on drafting by Kyler Murray. Then he goes to the Dolphins and they end up drafting uh, Tua. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just been – and then it's like, okay, well, now go sit behind Brady, but, you know, we'll have your own practice squad. I, I feel bad for him. But, again, like, maybe there's something to it. Maybe there's a reason why people continue to move on from him. I'm just not – like, out of everybody, like, we – we Trubisky, Darnold, we could talk about their situation, but we've seen them play. Rosen has been very, very limited. And when he was playing, even when he, was, when he, even when he got in the games with the Dolphins, remember Dolphins were like – doing this crazy fire sale where they were getting rid of everybody that year. So even that was, like, ugly. You know, I, I think it's just been kind of tough for them. And maybe, you know, being with the Niners and if they can kind of give them some type of consistency, that might help them. That's me looking at it, you know, glass half full. It's right. crazy that you have to talk about, like, consistency. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, it's such an underrated aspect of anybody's success. Like, just having consistency around that person is, like, I'm almost like, of course it would help him, but it happens. Consistency is so rare for so many players, especially quarterbacks. You know, like it, it's such a huge part, but it just doesn't happen that often. You got anything? Uh, you got any more, Chris? Uh, yeah. So, would you guys like consider letting Trent Williams walk, like in picking up, um, you know, and uh, the the center from the Packers, um, another guard, and maybe drafting tackle? like going that route and saving some money or like, is it kind of like Trent Williams or bust? Uh, what do you think, Croc? <laughs> Trent Williams or bust? I, I, I gotta have, like, he's just too good. And again, I don't want to create holes where they don't need, you know what I'm saying? There's enough issues. Like you lost pretty much your whole secondary outside of uh, Jimmy Ward, you know, like, you, you know, you might have to fix that edge rushing position, you know, because, I don't know what's going on with D Ford. I don't know what's going on with Ronald Blair and Hyder's probably going to leave in free agency. Nick Bosa is coming off of an ACL. So, like, hell, like, you know, I need to fix that, especially like either free agency or the draft. I don't want to create a hole at left tackle when we have a guy. We just got to pay him. So, and he's like really good at what he does. Like, it's, I got to keep him, like, regardless. So, to me, it's like, is Trent Williams a bust because you're creating more issues? And we're not even sold on the right tackle. You know what I'm saying? So, like, don't create two problems. You know, sign him and then figure out the rest of everything else. 
I think I, I think I feel the same. And, and especially if you're talking about if you want to use Trent Williams' money to sign other players, there's no guarantee you're going to be able to land those other players or no guarantee that the cost of those other players isn't going to be higher than you thought they were. And, you know, you're just, like Croc said, you're just opening up other possibilities for problems when the answer's already there, and then just move on to something else. That's kind of how I feel about Trent Williams. Sure, Man. you can think about what you could do with that money, but let's just pay the guy and move on to other problems. I mean, what was the what was the goal when you traded for him? Right, right. Like, like yeah, you know, right, it's right. like it, it, when you make that move, do you not think, hey, we're gonna have to re-sign him and pay him a lot of money? Like, I feel like that had to be in the conversation, you know, whether it's like worked out so far or not. You have to make that a priority. This is not this is not Emmanuel Sanders, who you know receivers are a little easier to replace. A left tackle like that that's tough. That's a that's a premier position. Right. No, I feel that. Um, but yeah, thanks you guys. I appreciate y'all. Um, y'all keep killing it. All right, Chris, man. Thanks for jumping on dude. And thanks for listening. Catch you later. Thanks. All right. Let's jump straight into another speaker. Let's jump straight into one. We got Malik. What you got, buddy? Welcome back, man. Hey, what's going on fellas? Uh, How you doing? First time, long time. I was just playing. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you're a liar. You were just here last week. (laughs) Uh, two things. One, I, I I think I disagree with a lot of fan base, but I'm willing to keep Jimmy. I think Darnold sucks. All the other guys, <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of. Uh, Watson would be an upgrade, but I don't want to trade so much to get him. So I'm all on board with keeping Jimmy. Um, I, I think he's the way to go and run it back with him and see what we got. And then the second thing, I co-signed with what Crocky was saying about the draft and you know, not trying to rejigger the offensive line and piece together this stuff. Like, we have 10 draft picks this year for a reason, and I think we need to use those draft picks to address areas like edge rusher, uh, a center, um, DBs. You know, we have 10 draft picks. The cap went down this year a little bit, but hopefully if we get 10 guys and you can find some rotational guys like, you know, Greenlaw or Mosley, like we found in the past, if you could find a couple frontline starters, that's just going to add the depth to your roster and you'll be able to sign these guys and have them on cheap labor. So I think draft and develop and don't try and just repiece that line together. Get some, get some players there, man. Get a, get a center who you can, who you can train and have a year as an understudy. We took Colton McKivitz last year. They liked him a lot. Uh, you got Brunskill. We got Sean Coleman coming back. Like, really throw some assets, some draftable assets at that position and watch these guys blossom, and I think everything will be better. Yeah, and, and I think one thing to mention, too, is everybody thinks that, like, because you have, like, a need or something, like, oh, if, you, if it's not addressed in the first round. Exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, dude, like, yeah. there's seven, seven rounds, rounds to yeah. address <laughs> address, <laughs> address these things, you know, and – there are more than one need, but yes. it's like, dude, we can we can find players, and they've proven that they can do that. Find players throughout the draft, like people. Yeah, we talk about Fred Warner, you know, we talk about George Kittle, but there's been like DJ Jones, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Like there's been a bunch of other guys who have definitely Matt, played Matt and contributed. Like, Mar- Marcel Harris, like he's yes. played, like they yes. they you know you yeah the undrafted guys. I mean, even guys like uh, Kendrick Bourne, you know, yep. and you mentioned Brady. Yep. So like they've gotten guys to play at, you know, like they've gotten a lot of production out of guys. 
they've gotten guys to play. So everybody just thinks about first round, first round, first round. It's like, dude, there's seven rounds. They got ten picks. Like, there's way you know, there, there's a bunch of the shoot. Who's to say that the 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 fifth round pick might not be better than the first round pick? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. So it's just, exactly. Uh, you know, you just kind of gotta let them do their thing. But my thing is, especially like people think like there's only one way to do it. Like, oh, you you gotta address offensive line. You gotta address offensive line. Like, like, like okay, pick twelve is not the only time that they can address offensive line. There's pick right. second round, third round, uh, fourth mm-hmm. round. Three picks in the fifth round, like you know what I'm saying? Like there's plenty of times to be able to address these things. So I just had to say that. I no, I think I think both of you guys are all over it. It, it just comes down to execution. Like this is where in, in the situation the 49ers are in right now are when good general managers become good general managers. Like you have to when you are getting closer to that salary cap because you either found good players, traded good for good players, whatever the method was. And you're running out of room because you are signing these good players. If you want to keep somebody like Fred Warner, who you drafted, like to Croc's point, in the third round, you better be able to find more guys like the Fred Warner because they're, like you said, Malik, they're going to save you money for a long periods of time. And so to me, that, you know, we kind of, I feel like this gets said every year. This, given what the 49ers, the, the 49ers position, this might be John Lynch's most important draft because one, they got a lot of picks. Two, they don't have a lot of money. And so this is where the – and, yes, the Cal salary cap is going to go up a lot over the next the next couple of years. But this is where John Lynch earns his money. And this is where Adam Peters earns his reputation and his new money that he just got. So, if, if you know, this, it's just – it's a great proving ground for a general manager to say, okay, look, we don't have the money to sign any of these sure things anymore – I got to make sure we as a scouting staff got to make sure we hit on these picks. Otherwise all this is, is for not. And you know, all these picks didn't even matter because we saw it with Trent Balky. That dude was an amazing, that guy was amazing at getting a bunch of draft kicks picks. And then he would draft dudes that have already torn their ACLs twice and they just wouldn't pan out or he just sucked at drafting period. So it, it, there is, I do agree with you both very much. So, but it's just – it's on John Lynch because they have – all these picks are great, but he's got a hit on them. You know, um, it's not going to do you no good if it – you know, if it if it, they didn't warrant somebody that could step in. Yeah, um, let me answer Alex, Alex uh, Alexander's question. He asked, why didn't the front office address the secondary last year? They knew this was coming. And I spoke about it a lot last year, and people were like, nah, 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 they're going to draft corner. They're going to draft safety. And I'm like, dude, they, they can't. And the reason why they couldn't, this is why they couldn't. One, they have four safeties who play. Like, so it's like if they were to draft a safety, you know, depend, you know, regardless of where, they would have to draft safety and he's going to have to, you only, you typically only keep four safeties. So the safety was going to have to try to not only beat out Tart or Ward, who are going to start, you know, pretty much regardless, but they were also going to have to try to beat out uh, Tarverius Moore, who they like. And Marcel Harris. So it was like if you if you were going to draft a safety, like you almost would be wasting the pick because it is kind. Of, it would be kind of hard to to beat out those guys. Or you can kind of look at it where it's like, hey, I'm good with my starters, and in my reserves, I'm I'm fine with them, right? I have good starters, 
and I'm fine with the reserve guys, Marcel Harris, even if you don't think they're, they're you know, best of them. And then when you look at the cornerback position, I know there are people like, oh, they need to draft corner. And it's like, I, I get it because we knew that this was coming, but that was an even harder position to draft because nobody was unseating. Like Richard Sherman, he was going to start no matter what. Sherman was going to start no matter what heading into that se- season. And then on the other side, it was like, man, well, we have Verrett, who finished the season strong, and they really liked him. And then you have Akela Witherspoon, who has been up and down, right? But he's shown flashes, so, like, you're at least going to give him a chance to beat out Verrett. I mean, uh, not Verrett, Mosley. And then you have Verrett. You know what I'm saying? So you have Mosley, you have Witherspoon, you have Verrett, you have Sherman. And then in the slot, you have Kwan Williams. If you drafted a guy, are, were you going to draft a corner and just be like, all right, no matter what, you're playing over uh, Verrett, Spoon, and Mosley. Like, I just couldn't see them doing that. So, to me, it just didn't make sense to draft. I mean, it made sense from a standpoint of, well, now this year you got to go all in. But I just – the way it kind of all played out, I was like, man, they – I don't think they draft secondary like that, and, and they didn't. Yeah, I, I would – and you and I were kind of saying the same thing. There was just so many unanswered questions in regards to that position and how the competition was going to shake out. Like, you immediately put a put a stamp on that competition if you just draft a guy early and you're like, okay, you're starting. And then you never really find out what other, the other guys had. The 49ers would have never known that Jason Verrett was capable of doing what he did this season if they would have just drafted a corner. Sure, maybe they would have, you know – Maybe they lock things get a little more comfortable in the long term. But they had all these guys on the roster that were all fighting for that position, and especially somebody like Emmanuel Mosley. And you want to see what he can do because – and he might still be sticking around, and he could still be somebody that starts this year. So there was just a lot going on to just straight up say, eh, well, let's just draft some corners, you know, because right. the, the 49ers were still letting things play out there, they, and, and they did play out. So, you know. Um, it was just an interesting, let's get, let's get, I, let's keep firing off these questions. Let's keep firing off these speaker requests. Jonathan Silva, you are on deck, my friend. What do you got? Yeah. Hello. Hello. Yeah. We yeah. can hear you, dude. Yeah. I got a question and I wonder, I'm sorry if it's off topic, but regarding Deshaun Watson, the 49ers, like if they're going to give up so much for a draft, for a trading for Deshaun Watson, what do you think about them trying to trade for the first round pick? For number one. Oh, you mean first overall? Yeah, like go. I mean, if you're gonna trade the whole, you know, the whole enchilada, might as well go for broke. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just don't think the Jaguars would give it up though. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're the Jaguars, why would you do that? When you don't, you don't have a quarterback. You got Mustache Man uh, Minshew, and, and, and that's it. And that's a big position of need for them. So, 49ers probably can offer. I mean, I'm pretty sure like everybody has a price. If the 49ers just be like, we'll just give you the next five. First round, you know, draft picks that we have. Might as well you know put saying? draft day on and let's all just pretend we're Kevin Costner. Right. <laughs> but I think just in general, um, you know, when you have a uh, – when you're at that position, I don't think they'll give that up. Now, the second pick in the draft, you know, when you look at the Jets, I think, you know, yeah, there's a way. But then there's still a lot of projection with that, right? Like who's to say, would you rather give up picks for Watson or Zach Wilson? Like – we don't know what we're going to get from Zach Wilson. We know that Watson is a top five talent at quarterback, you know? So that that's the tough part when you kind of start looking at it like that. 
Yeah, yeah, okay, I feel it. I understand. That's that's the big thing with me is like you would be giving up all of that capital because for Deshaun Watson because it's Deshaun Watson and you know you're getting an absolute game changer and you're putting in and you're combining him with one of if not the best offensive coordinators in the league and that that's why you give up a lot for him and and you know none of the stuff at the top of the draft is a sure thing Trevor Lawrence could get into the NFL and suck ass and so could you just don't know. Uh, the, the odds are they, they might be good. They might be great. But the reason you give up the farm for Deshaun Watson is because he's still, I mean, he's still the age of a rookie. What is he like? 25, 26, 20, something like that. Like, yeah, he's, 20, he's like 25, like barely 25 too, I think, <laughs> which is an absolute trip. So you would give up all that because you're trading for, for Deshaun Watson. And it's like, God damn, this is Deshaun Watson. But you know, I get what you're saying, though. It's an interesting, it's an interesting theory. I just don't think the 49ers would want to give up that kind of draft capital for an unknown. You know, which is what it is. And I don't think the Jaguars would give it up. No, it's like, dude, we worked hard to get to this number one overall pick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. And I was wondering too, like, what would be a good trade? Like, I was thinking something like, if I were to trade for Deshaun Watson, I'd probably give. Three first-round picks, Eric Armstead, and maybe, like, Greenlaw. You think that would be too much? Mm, no. I, I mean, I'm not even sure the Texans would take that. Yeah. Would you Would you take that, Crocker, if you're the Texans? For my quarterback? Nah. Yeah, it's – it's. It, it, I mean, that's – and I have heard that before. I saw somebody else say – uh, you know, when we were talking about the fact that you might have to trade someone like Fred Warner, and the person was like, oh, I'd just give him Greenlaw. Like, no shit you would, and they would just laugh at you. Like, <laughs> that ain't how this works, man. You got to give up You got to give up the best players. Now, to your point, it's three first-round picks. It's Eric Armstead, who may be for some teams worth a first-round pick. Depends on their opinion of him. Um, and, and so, yeah, I get your point, man. You got anything else there, uh, Jonathan? Uh, that's it, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, man. I appreciate you, brother. All right. Thank you. Okay, I think we, you know, we got one more speaker request in here from Trevor. Let's get him out here. Trevor, what do you got, man? I appreciate you for for being patient. Trevor, do you exist? I do exist. There he goes. Yeah, we can hear Trevor. He exists. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, First of all, crack. California living here in Ohio so I know that move that uh that sucks but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah oh uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I just wanted to uh point out that even though we're kind of struggling with our cap right at least we're at the Rams like 30 million over the cap yeah yeah that's... there's a few things I think the Saints too what was that well the Saints are getting I better the they've Saints, cut so I... many players they're they're getting closer but yeah they were way over too yeah, I was just looking at like over the cap, and I saw Saints like twenty five, and like Rams thirty three. It's that sucks. It makes it makes being twenty eight million under the cap seem kind of crazy. Yeah, for sure. So what you got, man? What's your uh, what's the uh, what's the Inquisition? What's the Inquisition? Yeah, like what's your question? Oh, that was it. I just wanted to kind of point that out. <laughs> yeah, it was just a comment, man. Oh, okay. Oh, well, okay. dude, I appreciate the comment, man. That's yeah, good, no too. We, we, accept, we accept comments, too. Yeah, I thought so. But you guys keep killing it. All right, brother. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. All right. Bye. All right. So that was the end of our – that was the uh, the end of our 
our speaking requests. And dude, that tweet you fired off, Krog, was so funny when uh, when you were comparing uh, Deshaun Watson to Magic Johnson. Oh yeah, yeah. Dude, that, I that mean, are the Texans naive? Are, are the Texans naive with this situation? Like, that's our quarterback. He like, he's like, dude, he doesn't want to be there. Like, maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's denial. Maybe it's being naive. Maybe they're just trying to, I don't know, drag this out as long as they can. I, I don't know. I, I really, obviously, none of us are inside the building. We don't know what's really going on and what's been said in there. But it really does seem like they're almost making themselves look like fools at this point, right? Yeah, well, Cully said he's a he's a Houston Texan, and he's a Houston Texan, and we are going to move forward with that. So my brother right. retweeted that. Said, are you shitting me? <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. the most basic, like, like, vague statement you can get. So, you know, I don't know. Croc, were there any guys that, that you, I don't know, that you know are hitting the free agent market that you've said, like, that's a guy that we haven't already talked about. Are there any guys out there we haven't talked about yet that you feel like the 49ers should bring in for a, a whirl? Uh, um, I, I think the one guy where I'm like, I wouldn't mind spending a little money on him just for what it could be. And that's uh, uh, Yannick. Yannick Ngakwe, however you say it. Yeah. 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 Um, that's the one guy. And I'm not saying like he's great, but I, I could just imagine like, you know, a defensive line with, you know, Bosa, Kinlaw, Armstead, Yannick Ngakwe, like, you know, just, you know, getting after the quarterback. I think, you know, when you're on defensive lines like that, it kind of motivates everybody to be hungry and, and aggressive. Now, the one thing that the big unknown is like D4, where I think we've all written them off, but at the end of the day, he's still under contract. So that's the He thing is, man. Know. And I guess the a scenario that none of us have talked about is because it was kind of like the way the 49ers responded when asked about D Ford's injury was like, we don't even know if he's going to be ready to play football this year. You know, which obviously the first thing you think is like, damn, that's a serious injury. But I don't know. I guess there's a reality where D Ford really did recover all this time, despite how severe his injury was. And he comes out firing all, all cylinders and is somewhat close to the player that they traded for. Like, I guess, I mean, that's a glass really, really half full type of outlook. But I mean, I guess it could happen, right? That's a glass full outlook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, it, it can. And again, we've been writing them off as if he's just not playing. But I mean, you know, he had a entire season to, you know, work back to, you know, get healthy and you just never know. I mean, if he's back, I think our defensive line looks a lot different. Now you can't count on them and you'd have to figure out, a, you know, a way to get some, you know, solid, you know, rotation pass rushers. But if he's healthy, that's, that's a win. That's a win for the four years. You pay him a lot right of money. Now, you can't cut them. Right. No, they can't cut them right now. They'd have to do that post-June 1 stuff, and that's not going to help you in free agency because it's way after all of it. But there are a ton of edge rushers hitting the open market this year. So maybe that means you get a deal on one if you were looking one. But you got Matt Judon, Melvin Ingram, Bud Dupree, Shaq Barrett, Carlos Dunlap, Jadavion Clowney. Really? Kyle Van Noy, Yannick Ngakwe, uh, Ryan Kerrigan, Olivier Vernon, Leonard Floyd. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to see if any of these other names are are big time, bigger time names. Uh, Hassan Reddick, 
Uh, Tack McKinley, Ronald Blair, familiar face. I don't know what's going to happen with him. You got Kerry Hyder, who I don't know. In this market, maybe the 49ers find a way to hold on to Kerry Hyder uh, just because of the amount of other edge rushers that have become available. Jeremiah Tauchu, who was on the 49ers roster, and they cut his ass. And then he actually had a pretty good season for the Broncos, if I'm not mistaken. You know, there is a ton of decent edge rusher talent out there. So, I mean, that kind of clouds the market a little bit. But, again, there will never be any shortage of teams just chomping at the bit to to sign pass rushers. So they're all going to get signed, and they're all going to get paid. But, you know, that kind of clouds the market a little bit, and maybe the 49ers have a chance of signing somebody like Kerry Hyder. I don't know. I don't know. But I think it definitely it, helps. It does. It does. But again, the the the, the play with, with D Ford, if you don't know, as far as the 49ers are concerned, the only way they cut him this year is if they designate his cut as post June first. And if I'm not mistaken, that may push money off to next year. I don't know how much. Um, but that's the only way they can cut him this year. They could cut him before that, but they would be taking, I think, like a fifteen million dollar dead money hit. Like it's pretty significant. But, I mean, if it meant signing somebody else, sometimes you got to bite the bullet. But, um, you know, there is a ton of edge talent out there, and it would not surprise me if, if the 49ers did realize they needed to move on from D Ford that they were able to snag one of these guys. You know, that, that would be nice. One of the things I had on here on my notes, if you could – now you got to consider how much money they're going to command. But I have a question for you, Croc, a free agent question. If you could only sign one, and again – Think of how much money each person's going to get. If you could only sign one between Jason Verrett, Kwan Williams, and Akella Witherspoon, who are you signing? Verrett. I think I think that's my answer too. Because obviously Kwan's going to get the most money out of the three. I think. Um, Verrett probably right behind Kwan, and then you have Akello, who I'm not sh- I'm not sure what teams are going to think of Akello, but I I, I was I, I leaning towards like Verrett too. I think they'll like I him. Do too. Not, I do too. Not like uh, you know, first wave of free agent, you know, like him or anything like that. But you know, like he he'll get signed, and you know, he'll get like two year, twelve million dollar contract or something like that. Like you know, like seven million guaranteed. Like I could see it being something like that. Right, right. Eric asked in the chat, any chances we see some backloaded deals seeing that the cap will be going significantly in the next few years? Yes. If the 49ers re-sign Trent Williams, it's going to be very backloaded. It wouldn't surprise me if there's a year in there where he's making like $30 million. But they're doing that knowing that the salary cap in that year is just going to balloon up a lot. Before COVID hit, the salary cap was already expected. A little voice crack there for you. The salary cap was already expected to take a pretty big step forward. Like they were, there was just talk, the fact that the salary cap was going to start rising even faster than it had been. And then COVID hit, and obviously we went the other direction. But that just means over these next couple of years, it's going to be crazy. I also would not be surprised if a lot of these free agents take one-year fully guaranteed deals. Like, you know, somebody like, like bigger guys, Yannick Ngakwe, I don't know, takes a one-year $14 million deal, fully guaranteed, he gets to hate free agency again next year when the salary cap goes way up. And, and and remember, too, you're talking about the salary cap jumping up almost to what it should have been had COVID never happened, despite the fact that it went down. So you're going to talk about maybe like a – I mean, I could be out of my mind, but maybe it's like a $30 million jump for a salary cap. Like these huge jumps that don't usually happen. 
And so I think you're going to have a lot of guys that are like, no, no, I'll take one year, $15 million guaranteed. And, and then I'll run it back next year. If I was an agent, that's what I'd be telling them. Like, look, you can get paid a lot right now, but you could also get paid a lot right now and then get paid again next year. Now, maybe I'm, there's part of it. I'm not missing your future's never guaranteed. I'm sure that there's, you don't want to leave money at the table, but it's going to, there's going to be some weird stuff going on with the way players approach contracts in a year where they know the teams don't have a lot of money. You know, every team, for the most part, except for a few, they don't have a lot of money and they want to get signed when teams have a lot of money. It's just the way it is. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some weird stuff like that. You know, right. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Another guy I feel like we haven't heard a lot about. I, th- I mean, do you think Kyle Juszczyk comes back? Uh, yeah. I mean, I do too. Yeah. The, the tough thing is he does make good money relative to his position. <laughs> you know, that, that's, <laughs> right. that's the tough thing. Like, you know, so you look at it like, oh, he's not going to be that much. You know, it might be like $4 million a year or whatever it is. But relative to his position, like, that's top money. So, you know, I, I'd have to say yes just because of so much of the offense is kind of predicated around him. But, I mean, I, I've said it, like, shoes, they can run an offense like, the Rams, where the Rams run a simple, a similar, very similar offense, but just a different variation of it, where they use more eleven personnel than twenty-one, like the 49ers use. So um, there definitely is a way to use this offense without having use check. It just would depend on the 49ers wanting to roll out with more three receiver sets instead of two back sets. Right. Right. Yeah, it's, it, it could get interesting. It could get interesting. But, you know, there, we'll see. We're right around the corner. I mean, next week's pod. Hey, and for those of you listening, I believe that Crocker and I are going starting next week. And obviously, life comes up. Life comes up. But I believe starting next week, we are going to try and, and uh, run our sessions every Sunday and every Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Every Sunday, every Wednesday, seven o'clock until probably the end of the season, and maybe we'll you know with with free agents free agency coming up with the draft coming up, we'll probably run some some extra episodes just to kind of hit on that. Like you know, like I love the fact that me and Croc could jump on here after the first round of the draft and do like a quick twenty minute locker room, you know, thirty minute locker room, and just talk about it with you guys. It's cool, but I think from from here on out, we're gonna try and hit Sundays, Wednesdays, seven o'clock. I feel like it's important you guys know every single – you guys know when to expect us, you know, especially if we're going to run this locker room app. I want you guys to be able to, you know, make accommodations. Maybe, you know, if, if somebody's like, hey, you want to go get go get food at, 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 at 7, you'd be like, no, no, let's go at 6 because striking gold is on the locker room app at 7, that type of deal. So I think we're going to try and get real, real consistent with it. That way we give you guys the chance to come on here. Uh, Malik? We go in locker room exclusively. I think so, brother. Like the the other platform we used was just me and Croc would hop on together, and then we would record the pod and we put it out. But like this is just the added bonus of being able to do it with you guys. We can still get our points across and everything we want to talk about, but we get to add you guys to the mix, and I feel like that's important. Um, I mean, as long as you guys yeah. feel that's important, and as long as you guys are participating, then I don't see any reason that we should not do it. You know, I don't. What do you feel like, Croc? You loving this locker room stuff as much as I am? 
I told you, I feel like a radio host. (laughs) (laughs) Striking Gold Radio, baby, every Sunday and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So, but hey, we don't have any more questions in the chat. We don't have any more speaker requests. So I think that's about time. That means it's about time to hightail out of here. We still went over an hour again, which seems like the new Striking Gold locker room standard. And that's fine with me. And that's fine with me. Crocker, you got any closing thoughts before we uh, give him the old salute? Oh, no. Nah. No, nah, that's it. That's it. See him that's next it. time, Sunday. <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. And again, this is the Striking Gold podcast. Just because we're on Locker Room doesn't mean this is not still the Striking Gold podcast. So if you um, if you don't listen to our podcast, but you're here on the Locker Room, then make sure you are checking out the podcast. But if you are on the podcast and you're not getting in on the locker room action, then get it on the locker room action. Okay, you got to have both. You know, it, it, you got to just have both. It's it's important. All right. So anyways, that you know what it is. You know what it is. For another week, this is Striking Gold, and we are signing out. Peace out. Peace.